Hello and welcome to Here in LA, Highland Park Edition. Today we chat with Jason Reedy. Jason is an activist, a father, a marathon runner, and a member of People City Council. You may know him as the guy Kevin DeLeon strangled while wearing a Santa's hat. You may also know him as the person who regularly brings his toddler to the city council meetings. Or maybe you know him as that tall Ethiopian who beat you in the LA Marathon. We'll talk about soul food, world traveling, religion, politics, and my favorite topic, Antifa. So let's get ready for Jason Reedy. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, everybody. We are here in Highland Park okay. with Jason Reedy. <laughs> hey. hey. We're not really in Highland Park. We're at the beautiful Robinson space. Yes. Um, home of Antifa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, talking with one of the co-founders of People's City Council. I'm actually not a co-founder. You're what? I There's joined... 10 co-founders? And but it... not the brother? Not the brother, no. <laughs> uh, not the brother. No, I came, I joined People's City Council in April of 2022. Although I was doing... Um, some organizing and other events with with People City Council. I didn't become an official part of them until April 2022. First black member. Are you really? Yes. First and only. What? We're diverse, though. You are diverse. We're not, you know, a bunch of white people, as a lot of people like no. to uh, claim. Pe- are there really that many haters of People City Council, or just a few loud ones? Oh, there's very much a, a large contingent, I would say. Is there really? Um, they don't like the way that we operate. Well, you can understand that, though, right? Uh, you know, there's different tactics that need to be used, right? We have a, a, a different tools in the toolbox, and so yeah, we're very much in your face, calling shit out as as we uh, as we do. And so yes, uh, I'd say our our enemies range from you know trolls online to you know the president of the city council. And, and some of those trolls online are some kind of powerful people. Some of them are, yeah, yeah. Andy No and uh, some right. others, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that can is it scary when a, a guy like Andy No, not because of him specifically, but because of the people who his his followers. Yeah, yeah. I try not to get too scared. I'm I'm pretty. I feel pretty safe in in what I do. Yeah. I think the more um, vocal you are, the more out there you are, the 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 safer you are in a weird way yeah. um, because there's just more eyes on you. Right. Which was my whole fear with uh, William of film, the police mm-hmm. who was one of our first guests. And I was like, I've got to get you in front of large groups of people because yeah. I'm terrified that something bad's going to happen to you. Whereas if you're more popular, I think it's safer. It is. It, that wasn't the case 50 years ago. But <laughs> but in, in this day and age, it's definitely being out there, being in the public eye uh, does have its benefits in terms of your, your safety. One, one of them was when he got arrested, there was a bunch of us out mm-hmm. outside of the police station waiting for him and cheering him on and all that kind of thing. Yep. And, and is that one of the reasons that you joined People City Council was to support them and, and be part of all this? The reason I joined People City Council was I felt like they were an organization that aligned with my values and, and my principles. And, um, you know, I had done a lot of uh, different interrupt, interruptions of uh, events with uh, people like Richie. And uh-huh. so I thought that, that we would be a good fit. And so I was invited in February. I took my time. 
I wanted to, you know, gain an understanding of the organization, understand, you know, who was in the organization and kind of what other things had happened since their inception. And yeah. so once I got a download and, uh, yeah, and then I joined. That's awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. Let's do it. Are you a native Californian? I am not. Where are you from? I am originally from Newport News, Virginia. Love, love Newport News. Yep. We got Ella Fitzgerald from there. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was born in D.C. I did not know that. Okay. So uh, the Chesapeake Bay um, was a big deal for me as a, as a little kid because uh-huh. we would go crabbing out there. Okay. Do people in Newport News, do, do they crab? I, I only lived there for five years. My okay. dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot. Oh. So we moved around. I've lived in five different countries. Um, really? Yeah, so grew up around the world. What countries? So uh, first five years of my life were in Newport News. With Then we moved to Pakistan for wow. two years. We were in Thailand for two years after that. We came back, lived a year in D.C., and then we did three years, my middle school in Bolivia, and then four years in Morocco. What? <laughs> yes. Is this, is this what you, okay, we're going to get to your child in a, in a minute. Okay. Cause your child is making the news. Actually, you're making the news. We both are. You, you, there you go. <laughs> is traveling, I, I, am I crazy to think that traveling the world, like it sounds like you did was a great thing for a young person? Oh yeah. It's the best thing. It's the absolute best thing. Being able to visit all these different cultures, um, you know, have an understanding of, of different viewpoints around the world. It was, yeah, it's, it's the greatest gift I feel like my parents could have given me was the opportunity to live amongst all these different people. So when, when people, when, when I hear actors, for example, mm-hmm. talk about how they were military brats and it, it was a horrible situation cause you can't keep friends and you're always a new kid in school. You would probably, it sounds like you're saying the opposite that it was a huge benefit for you. It was a huge benefit. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you're always sad when you leave, you know, you cry and then, you know, you get over it after a couple of weeks and you go and meet, meet new friends. And a lot of times too, especially when you're moving, uh, my dad had, uh, was embassy duty. So basically wow. he would work, uh, he's worked as part of the defense attache office, wow. which was essentially like working with the defense people in those different countries. Mm-hmm. And so when you would move there, there's already an established American community. Um, so for example, like in Pakistan, we lived on a compound. We weren't just like living out and about. Um, so it was like literally a mini city or mini town. We had our own movie theater and pool and, you know, baseball field and a little park to run in and wow. stuff. Wow. And then you, we lived in like somewhere in Thailand. We lived like in the middle of Bangkok, like, wow. like in a 20 story building, um, you know, amongst, you know, Thai people. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it, so Basically, you you learn to adapt. It yeah. actually helps you later on in life. Yeah, I feel like so. Yeah, I, but I do feel there are some people that move like they're moving twenty times within you know ten years. Yeah, and so we were lucky enough to where my dad got this defense attaché, uh, this embassy duty, which allowed us to stay in places a little bit longer. I love it. So when did you move to LA? Two thousand and twelve. Oh, so I've lived in LA more. More years than I've lived in anywhere else. So been what, here about 11 What brought years. you out here? Uh, my fiance, I call her my fiance, my partner. We've been together 16 years. Uh, <laughs> she got into FITM. Oh, okay. And so uh, it was, she applied to fashion schools in Miami, New York, and LA. And mm-hmm. this is the one that she got into. So that's the reason why we moved out here. I love it. Are you into fashion as well? I used to be, yes, very much so. Uh-huh. Not so much anymore. I mean, you got a good look going. Thank you. This, this L.A. t-shirt I've never seen before. This actually comes from a brother up in San Francisco. His uh, 
grandfather was, or his father or grandfather was in the Black Panther Party, and so he creates uh, Maddow Feature. He creates um, Black Panther-related member uh, jackets and T-shirts and other things. That is a Black Panther. And he's Ethiopian as well, so there's that connect. I'm also Ethiopian, so there's that connection. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when I go to Little Ethiopia, uh-huh. hardest block to drive in. Yes, it in can all of be, LA. Yes. When I go there, is it legit? Is, is that is that what real Ethiopian food tastes like? Oh, absolutely. Like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I love about Ethiopian food is going with a group, mm-hmm. being a little drunk. Okay. And you get to eat with your hands. It's the best. Is that naan? What's that That bready? Uh, uh, injara. 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 It's, yeah, yeah. It's like a, um, yeah. It's kind of like a naan. It's like a spongy um, tortilla kind of, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, we could call it that. It's an American way to call <laughs> yeah, it. It's okay. But um, it's better than a tortilla. Oh, it's much better than a tortilla. Yeah. 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 And, and teff, the flour that they use in, in it is very good for you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So have you gone to Ethiopia then? I've been to Ethiopia, yes. I haven't been in many years, but uh, I went to Ethiopia maybe in 97 i've been twice wow but i think the last time i went was 97 so you really are a world traveler oh yeah i've been to i think last count was like 35 countries wow yeah, yeah, yeah. wow okay let's talk about your child then okay uh this is the product of you and your fiance correct okay you never know anymore <laughs> you could have adopted this child. i could have i could have yes boy or girl he's a boy What's his name? His name is Sahai. Sahai. Yes. What does Sahai mean? Sahai means the son in Amharic, which is the uh, a language from Ethiopia. Nice. So my mom passed uh, in 2018. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. And so as an homage to her, uh, her name was Aster, and Aster she was named after the flower, the Aster flower. And so we thought it'd be very cool for you know to name him after the sun, and so that's a kind of kind of way to pay homage to I her. I love it. Thank you. Um, okay, so you and your son are in the news because you did something crazy. The did first I? crazy thing that you did was you went to City Hall to air, air your grievances. Wow, yes. Which politicians used to say Angelinos didn't do enough of. Uh-huh. But then when people started doing it, they're like, not like that. Yes. And one of the not like that is, why are you bringing your... Is an infant child? How old is this uh, boy? He's like a toddler now, I guess. Fourteen months old. Fourteen, so a little bit over a year old. Mm-hmm. What what month is it? September. Let's go back. So he's a Leo. He's a Cancer. Cancer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Born on the same day as uh, Daruba bin Wahad. If Who's you, that? He's a Black Revolutionary, part of the Black Panther Party, <laughs> and the Black Liberation Army. Um. Yeah. And born on the same day as Mike Tyson. Hey now. <laughs> you know I've met Mike Tyson. Oh. Be careful even shaking his hand. Oh, I could imagine. He is. Iron Mike was the, was the perfect nickname for him. Yeah. Okay. So you bring this this beautiful little one-year-old child mm-hmm. to City Hall. Mm-hmm. And not only did um, a council... Was it... No, it was the police... Who who had the issue? Tell me the story. Uh, so this latest time that we went... Or we've gone... I've gone since then. But uh, essentially what had happened was we were at a police commission meeting. And uh, after we had uh, disrupted the meeting because they weren't allowing people to make that had come that had taken the whole morning to come down to police headquarters to give public comment, um, we disrupted it saying, you know, this is bullshit. We should be able to comment. Um, You know, they do this kind of process with city council. They do it where you have pretty much 
probably about 45 to 60 minutes of in-person comment. And then they do like 15 minutes of, of zoom, mm. um, or virtual in police commission. They do it one and one, one and one. And it's because oftentimes the people that are in the room are the ones that are calling out the LAPD and the people on the phone are the ones supporting the LAPD. I see. And so, um, yeah, we brought up this issue around public comment and how, you know, uh, we should be allocated. Anybody that comes down should be allocated the time to speak. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we made a big hoopla and, uh, we're kicked out. And after that, uh, chief Moore insinuated that I, um, use my child as a tactic when it comes to disruption of, of public meetings. Um, and yeah, and said that there was an escalation of tactics on our behalf. Meanwhile, we've been doing this for as long as the commission or as long as people have been going to the commission, the LAPC fails coalition, which is BLM LA, Stop LAPD Spying Coalition, White People for Black Lives, and LA Can have been going to these commission meetings for you know almost a decade. And right. so this isn't new stuff that, that's happening. And so, yeah, he made that comment. The next day we were in council because of this billion dollars that the city council was, was voting to give. The extra billion. The extra billion, exactly. <laughs> and uh, my child was in the back. Um, you know, he was being a, a, a baby, you know, walking around, <laughs> doing his thing, interacting with folks, um, you know, uh -huh. having a good time. And uh, the lead officer, the supervisor, supervising officer, officer, Dennis Clark came over and said that he was being disruptive. Mm. Um, my child has been in uh, federal courtrooms doing court support for, you know, like uh, the, the Vargas family who over the summer had that. Uh, the judge never determined that he was being disruptive. Uh, I've been in county courtrooms, uh, for example, for, for some of Richie's stuff, the judge never said he was being disruptive. I've been to other city council meetings. They've never said that my, my child was being disruptive. And oftentimes in a city council, in the city council room, it's the person sitting in the, that chair of power, usually Paul Krikorian that determines that something as small as coughing is a disruption. Mm. Um, holding up a mirror, you know, there's various other things that we've done over the course of these last couple months, that's a, that he's determined as a disruption. And he didn't say it was a disruption, but this officer chose to target me, um, again, because I am very effective at exposing uh, the LAPD, and um, I'm not quiet about it. Right. Was Kerkorian also mad that that guy was dancing uh, when uh, a woman was singing for uh, KDL to resign? He gets mad at at, at the yeah He's got at this, anything. The, the thinnest skin for a politician. He certainly does. Yeah. Why would you want to be city council president with that kind of short? Well, that's news? like you know, it's like on the resume. He gets he puts it on the resume. You know, he was thinking about running for senate, but decided not to. Smart. Uh, yes, very smart. <laughs> um, and so yeah, this is like his kind of you know he's in the final years of his uh, his term mm -hmm. and his time on the city council. So and probably this is, career. This is this is not a young man. Yeah, but, you know, I'm sure he'll run for something. He should just be on some board somewhere and just, like... I think he's on multiple boards. I think he's on the... He gets a seat on the Metro board as well mm. uh, for being the city council president. Oh. Yeah. He was board of... Um, he was not... He was on the... Uh, damn, what, am, what is it? The uh, uh, finance. He was head of the finance one for so long. I, I just feel like there are... There are jobs for people like him. Which I would consider typical white, powerful, quasi Democrat. Sure. Not really. He's, any not, other a, he's state, not a Democrat. Any other state, he would not be. Does he identify as a Democrat here? I believe so, yeah. Right. I, that's I, what I'm saying. I, they all do. Anywhere Except else. Except for John Lee. 
Right. Anywhere else who would be the Republican than he is. Yeah, most certainly. And, and when I say board, I mean like the board of like Texaco or something. Okay, yes. You yeah. know, like where, where they're like, come on, Paul, how do we get the mayor to agree to this mm-hmm. nonsense that he shouldn't agree to? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, so even Krikorian didn't say that your son was trouble. Yes. But this cop did. But this cop did. Had you had a run-in with this cop before? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he runs that specific room. His job is to keep you guys in line. Exactly. And your job is not to be in line. No, yeah. <laughs> our, our, jo- our job, again, is he's multiple times kicked me out for, you know, even daring to uh, say something when he was saying something, you know, when he was trying to put somebody else in their place. Mm. Um, you know, for, for the simple act of, of just, like, just ha- engaging in a conversation. If he doesn't want to have a conversation with you, uh, he'll kick you out. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. He's... He's got a short fuse, too. Right. Um, as do a lot of these cops. Right. So, Krikorian probably loves this guy in that role. Oh, yeah. That's his, uh, that's his pet dog. That's his, that's his guy. And, um, but, you guys seem to be winning these battles. We're absolutely winning. I mean, look at LA, LAPD's uh, recruitment numbers. Look at how their, their numbers have been dwindling these last three years. And that's a result of the work that's been put on the ground. Uh, by organizers, not only when the uprising started, but even before that. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. we're definitely winning this this so war. You guys take credit for that. I th- absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's they're they're even saying that uh, the depiction of LAPD um, in media and within our different communities is is poor, and that's a result of um, us doing the work and putting in the work and, and really making people understand about all the different types of harms that happen as a result of of the LAPD, you know, it's not mm-hmm. just them shooting and killing people. Yeah. It goes beyond that. You know, it's, it's an arrest that could change the rest the course of your life. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's putting you in jail and that affecting your, you know, your family and because your family now has to bail you out and has to put the money towards the lawyer. It's all these different types of harms that they're committing in our, in our communities. about um, Karen Bass. Okay. I assume that most black people were so excited to have a black candidate for mayor, especially a female black candidate. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want a white billionaire to be the mayor who was super pro-cop, was on those commissions. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, when Karen Bass becomes mayor, it's like... How is she any different than what we feared? Do you feel that way? Yeah, she isn't any different. And that's what we were really, um, we were trying to expose that throughout the campaign, uh, throughout her campaign. So you were calling it even then? Absolutely, yeah. So you were, you were team Gina then, I assume? Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I voted for Gina. I did not vote for mayor uh, in the general election. Because you were like... Either, I, I both, can't do this. Both, yeah, both of them are... are they're the same person. They're the same... To me, they're the same um, when it came to policing and when it came to uh, the unhoused. Right. 
They were the exact same. And a lot of people have this view of Karen Bass as being this progressive. And, you know, a lot of times she's had to fight back against this. She's been labeled as this defund the police candidate. She's absolutely not. She was, you know, one of the people that was in. uh, And when I disrupted at the spectrum debate, this is something I called out was she was one of the people that was pushing the George Floyd. uh, I don't remember the exact name of the act, but basically pushing for hundreds of millions of dollars to go to police for training and these other things. And so um, she was already doing that as a representative uh, in the Senate and in the House or in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. And so it was no question that she was going to come here to Los Angeles and do the same thing as mayor. Right. Sometimes when I when I hear politicians do those things and say those things, I just assume that they are doing it because they feel like that's the only way that they can get elected. But she could have been different. There was so much energy behind Karen Bass. You know, there was so much love for her because she was, you know, she's born born here in L.A., created Community Coalition, you know, was a, a true community organizer. Um, mm-hmm. And so she could have easily taken all of these white libs that follow her and love her and could have easily ran and said, hey, you know what? Maybe the police don't need an extra billion dollars. You know, maybe we can look at alternatives to police. And it would have been more palatable to these white liberals coming out of the mouth of someone like Karen Bass. Just like Obama, you know, there was so much of that that same type of energy, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, that Obama could have had that opportunity to, you know, say, hey, maybe we don't need to pour this money into our military. And instead, we need to pour it into the infrastructure of our country and all this other kind of thing. Well, also, after following Garcetti, who is, when he was elected, he was the liberal mm-hmm. white guy that these these white liberals that you talk about could easily support mm-hmm. and he even tried to take a a few pennies out of uh the lapd budget and he got viscerated for it and so i even though black lives matter was a huge thing in la mm-hmm. i think the homelessness and covid kind of counteracted the uh the defund um movement do you feel the same way when you see people on the streets yes. and when you see what's happening in San Francisco with people getting their cars broken in left and right, mm. it's hard to say defund the police because the average person doesn't understand really what you're saying. Yeah. And so defund the police is, you know, it's beyond, I think that it's become, it's like, it's like one of those, it's like woke. It's just one of those terms that's thrown out there. Right. And, and so defund the police has been criticized because I mean it's it's they've defunded education they've defunded every other kind of aspect uh, uh, of our lives and so as soon as you say defund the police it becomes this like triggering thing for a lot of people and you know I think a lot of people need to understand that when we say defund the police we're not saying you know we want our communities to be uh, less safe we're saying if we allocate more resources towards our communities toward the root causes of what causes uh, of crime and poverty that that's going to make our community safer yes uh, it's not going to be police it's not going to be pouring more money into police who again have a long history long history of of harm um creating harm in our community and so yes. Uh, I think that people need to go beyond that, just that those three words, defund the police, and look deeper into what people are saying around that. Like we're, we're saying, does it make sense for us to give, you know, on average $145,000 to an LAPD officer when we could be allocating that money towards a violence interruption worker or uh, a, a caseworker or, you know, a caseworker through social work or something like that? Mm-hmm. Does that money 
deserve to be with the police or does it deserve to be in the community? And I, for me, I think it deserves to be in the community. It deserves, we deserve that money. Uh, it shouldn't, you know, Eunice's was talking about when she was again, uh, saying she was against this contract was talking about, it takes seven years to fix a sidewalk in LA. Oof, ridiculous amount of time. Right. And so we're, we have all this money for cops always have that money to throw towards cops. We, we never have money to throw at all the other kind of issues that we have within our, mm-hmm. our, our city. Um, let's talk about Kevin DeLeon. Okay. Because uh, who, first of all, when, um, Richie said I should talk to Jason, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you were Axiom on Twitter. Yes. Axiom Selassie. Can you explain what your, your handle is on Twitter? What does that mean? So, uh, Axiom actually comes from the kingdom of Axiom, which was a kingdom in Northern, um, Ethiopia many, many years ago, uh, probably about, I think, 130 BC it started. It was actually where, um, when the followers of Muhammad were being persecuted, uh, that was the first kind of pilgrimage that they had, was to huh. the kingdom of Axum. So Axum has a lot of history uh, uh, history within Christianity, within Islam. It's also where Bilal, who uh, was the first person to call, to call the prayer, he's an Ethiopian, um, mm. So, so anyway, so there's all this different history within Axum. And so the Selassie part actually comes from Haile Selassie, who is a controversial figure, um, I think, uh, within Ethiopia. But um, to the outside world, he's like someone that's a, a, a god of sorts. Oh. Uh, I mean, Rastafari, Rastafarians are – the Rastafari is actually – Rast, which is prince. That was the – it's a title that they give. And Tafari was his name. And so the Rastafarian – Name comes from Haile Selassie, who they thought was the uh, reincarnation of, of, of God. The things I learn on my own podcast. <laughs> this is why I talk to you people. <laughs> Everybody teaches me something that, yes. Lord help you, get taught in school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, if you did def- defund the police, you'd have a better educational system. We would. And then you'd maybe have less crime. Because if you're smart, you can get good jobs. Right. Yeah, but you don't don't have to do nonsense. Yeah, and you also don't, you know, smart people don't need to go to school either. There's other trades that they can go in, you know. Um, But anyways. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, I just mean regular public school. Yes, 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 yes. Just elementary, junior high. Absolutely. You know, there's so much that we could have been taught as little kids. Yes. That we don't ever get taught. And now Republicans don't even want us to (laughs) learn about history. Yes. Which is crazy. Okay, so that's your Twitter handle. I never... So when he said you need to talk to Jason, I was like, who the hell is Jason? Mm-hmm. So you're Jason. This is also that guy on Twitter. I saw you get strangled by Kevin DeLeon while he's wearing a, a, a Santa hat. Yes. Can, you, can we talk about this a little bit? Because mm-hmm. on one hand, there's two things that are going on. Okay. On one hand, it looks like you, you want him. You, you literally want to be in his face. Fine. And you want to push the boundaries of uh, personal space, fine. But he took it a, a step further. And it looked like he wanted to choke you. And then when you were down on the ground, he wanted to like flip you over. And that's where it gets a little crazy. Because it's not self-defense. Th- that room was filled with people. Your hands were up in the air. And even if you are nose to nose with a guy, that doesn't mean that he gets a free shot at you. Did I portray that correctly? Yeah. Uh, I'll say that 
I am in the business of making those in power who, again, create harm within our community. Uh, I want to make them feel uncomfortable. They don't, they feel too comfortable. That's the reason why they act the way they act. The fact that Kevin DeLeon felt that it was appropriate two months after an, uh, that racist audio scandal where he compare, compared a black child to a handbag, where he sat there and laughed at these different racist comments, um, but specifically around, around a black child, that part, and you think that you can do uh, this kid, give, this toy giveaway um, is bullshit. And yes. we weren't going to let that happen. Right. And, you know, the fact that there, that we got criticism from folks saying, well, you shouldn't have interrupted a kid's event. Well, he shouldn't have been at a kid's event <laughs> to begin with, right? Like, he knew uh, earlier that morning, he saw the um, anger and saw how the community still wanted him to resign. And he decided that night to go to that event. Yes. And our intention, I, I didn't go in there. I don't want any type of uh, physical confrontation, but I want to make sure like, yo, you, you're not welcome and you need to resign. And this was actually the first time that, that people had actually really caught him out in public. Right. Because he'd been hiding. Yes. You know, here's someone that was on this apology tour. He never came to Black LA. He, what, he went what? down to do an interview with Tavis Smiley. Yeah. Which we were outside of, uh, uh, of his studios for. But he never held a community forum or, you right. know tried to make amends with the black community in any, in any real concrete yeah. way. And so, um, yeah. So when I showed up there, the, our whole intention was, Hey, you shouldn't be at this event and we're going to tell you what's up, man. Resign. You're a racist. You know, you said that shit about a black child. How, how do you, how, you shouldn't be around children. Right. And so when we made our way towards or out of the auditorium, one of his goons, who I recently found out was from Soledad Enrichment Action, which I'm not dissing that organization as a whole, but I'm just saying that's where he works. He was on, uh, he's getting paid. He bumped me out of the way. And um, this was the smaller Latino guy yes. at, the, at the, the doors? Yes. Okay. He bumped me out of the way. Kevin DeLeon made his way into that exit room. Yep. And I guess wanted to make sure the doors closed behind him. Yep. And as I, I have my hands up, I get pushed back, and so mm -hmm. I'm not falling into a room backwards, right? Into a room that I, I have never been into, and and so I turn to catch myself, and as I catch myself, this motherfucker grabs me and pushes me out of the room, which you can clearly see in the video. A lot of people, I guess, have blinders on when they watch that part of the video. Yeah, and then he pulled me into the room, and so that's the reason why I I immediately put my hands up. Yes, because. I'm like, I'm trying to show like, I'm not being the aggressor here. Yes. I'm not being the aggressor here. It reminded me of uh, basketball when you're taking a charge. Okay. Are you, are you not a basketball player? I'm a huge basketball. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that the, the position uh, when, when you want to take a charge from a guy who's dribbling at you, yep. you put your hands up and you, 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 you uh, uh, keep your feet uh, uh, on your spot. Yep. Yep. And then they'll call the foul on that guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I put my hands up. I'm not here to, you know. Uh, I'm not fighting this guy. I, I'm not. I'm not interested in fighting you. Yeah. Um, and so I put my hands up, and then he's got his staff members and his supporters grabbing me, and you know, there's this this back and forth, right? And people yeah. claim that I I threw a pelvic thrust, the famous, the infamous pelvic thrust. Oh, I didn't hear this one. Oh, you haven't. This was like <laughs> one of the first statements that he put out was around this pelvic thrust that I that I threw, oh. which is a weird term to use. Like I don't even know, bro. It's like. <laughs> he got me with his belt buckle. Oh my God. And then the, uh, uh, there was incidental contact on our heads. 
I didn't headbutt him. Uh-huh. Like, like a headbutt is like I don't know if you watch soccer. Zidane. I have. Okay, so Zidane, like a Zidane headbutt. That's that's a headbutt. Yeah. There was no headbutt. There was touching of the heads. Right. And um, yeah, and then he went to basically grab me again. Yes. For the second time. This is the strangling. Yes, and tried to like wrestle me, wrestle me around. Where did he touch you? He on my lapel. Okay. Like, like in this area, uh-huh. as if he did some type of judo or something. I so don't he know. Grabbed you he grabbed you around the collar. He grabbed me around the collar. Uh-huh. I'm wearing like, it was cold that night. It was, I'm wearing this military jacket that it's weighs Christmas. about, yeah, that weighs about 20, 25 pounds. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, he dragged me down the hallway and then, you know. And then did, did you get arrested at that point? Did you get uh, detained? No, I was not arrested. Mm-hmm. I left. Um, and we. I was there with J-Town Action and Solidarity. Um, we mm-hmm. met at a location yep. and just kind of uh, started to process what had happened. Were you, were you happy that it went down? I would have been happy. Because this is why. We know he also has a short fuse. Because mm-hmm. remember there was, a, I think, an event in Chinatown where protesters sat down in front of him and held up signs. And that pissed him off and he ran away. Yeah, that was actually... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Little Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, right. I was there for that. So that was an AAPI debate, and uh, it was actually J-Town Action and Solidarity that decided to hold a silent protest. Um, Which was so good. Yeah. It was so effective, because you guys just sat down, because all the cameras were on these candidates, mm-hmm. and you guys sat down in the frame mm-hmm. with your signs, and you were quiet. And, and sometimes Super- loud is the way, sometimes quiet's the way, right? Yeah. You would say super respectful, right? Absolutely. Like, like, like they, they didn't create any noise. They went up there with the signs and right. all the signs had facts about Kevin DeLeon. <laughs> you know, and people don't really understand that uh, J-Town Action and Solidarity do a lot of work in Little Tokyo, but especially around that, that plaza, mm-hmm. um, that plaza, which had been swept, violently swept um, to this day, every week, there's sweeps that happen on that same street. Is this the plaza that has, it almost looks like a Rubik's Cube statue that you can play with a little bit? Yes. It, it's near Mr. Ramen and... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. That's not, not the one? That's not the plaza. No, it's Torimu Plaza. It's like, um, it's where you can park usually... Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Closer to the, uh, closer to City, City Hall. City Hall, yep. So, so the western part of Little Tokyo. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was... Um, that was their that was their community. They built community with, with the unhoused folks that had been living there, which also not the greatest part of town. So if you're setting a tent up there, you were in dire straits. Yes, yes, yes. And so um, that was about I think a month. And, and you're you're a block from the LAPD. Who wants to be there? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Constant harassment from the LAPD. Right. Um, and so a lot of people like I guess forgot that you know. Literally, maybe 800 meters from where Torimi Plaza is, they're having this event. And so, rightfully so, J-Town Action Solidarity staged that silent protest. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I wasn't happy after, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I knew what was coming. Um, I knew that Kevin DeLeon was going to be in front of the media spinning this to his uh, benefit. Mm. I knew the lies were, you know, just that literally the week before, his chief of staff called... 911 on me saying that I was stalking her oh. and saying that I had uh, made a threat of violence against her. Uh, this was at a tree lighting event in Eagle Rock that I had come to. There was actually protesters that had staged a protest before 
Kevin DeLeon didn't sh- didn't show. And then after they left, he like snuck in through the back and did this whole thing. So I made my way over, and um, which public this, property. This is his uh, his office on on Colorado. Yep, in like Maywood. Is is that the street? There's a giant tree. Yes, they lit that one that that's right next to his office. I believe so. I, I didn't see the tree lighting. I came like as the event was I see. was was closing. And yeah. So. Um, so you're stalking because you're at a councilman's office? Well, it was a public event that right. was for the community, right? <laughs> I came right at the end. And so, yeah, it was, uh, she tried to, to throw this narrative out there. Anyway, so they throw these lies out there, right? hoping, you know, which one's going to stick. Yeah. And so I already knew what was going to come. Um, and so, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, I, I don't want my family to be in danger, Right. And uh, so, yeah, I wasn't happy with how the situation played out. He he threatened to press charges. Did you actually press charges, too? I yes. That night I around 2 a.m. ended up going and it wasn't with the intention. So it's very tough as an abolitionist. I. <laughs> right. Yeah. Look, it, it's. Uh, but sometimes you got to do contradict. The, the, man, I, the man assaulted you. And I wouldn't have pressed charges, but the, the whole intent was to, to set the story straight. Right. Because he had already gone to LAPD and said that I assaulted him. He said that I elbowed one of his, uh, uh, um, Jennifer Barraza, who is his chief of staff, and that I hit another one of the attendees three times in the hand. What? Which, who's hitting hands? I mean, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to, you know, we had already seen what was going, coming out in local media. I had to set the story straight. So I went Mm -hmm. down to, um, one of the LAPD precincts and I basically told my story and as a result, that was what, what, you know, had to file a battery report. Right. And, and it, you seem, you seem so reluctant to do this because I don't want to say your whole life, but part of your life is this system is fucked. <laughs> we need to get rid of it. Exactly. But you find yourself like, oh shit, I've got to be part of this system for a minute here. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, your car gets broken into and your insurance isn't going to pay you out unless you file a police report. Right. It's unfortunately, like there's some things that you have to go to the police for. Um, yeah. And, and so this was a situation where, um, you know, here's this person in power who's literally pa- part of this, this, this police state that funds this police state coming after me. And so, you know, am I going to sit here and just do nothing or am I going to go and at least set the story straight? Like the video that came, like I provided that video to them. But, but, who shot it though? That was uh, someone from J Town Action Solidarity. Who's holding your camera? No, was ho- was just filming. You know, we had multiple people filming. There's multiple angles of all this. Uh, I feel like so I've only seen one angle. There is only one ang- angle that's been released. Correct. There's more. Well, I can was... I have the other angles, please? Because <laughs> it's all said and done. By the way, we'll we'll jump to the chase. City attorney, the new one. The new one, yes. Who's worse than the old one? Which is hard to do. Yes. Threw, threw both out, right? Said nothing. Kevin, he didn't do anything bad to you. And Jason, Kevin didn't do anything Right? Yes, yes. She washed her hands at both of it. Exactly, yes. They reviewed the entire video and determined that um, neither one of us was at fault. But, of course, that's who represents the city council is the city attorney. So the right. city attorney isn't going to uh, put any fault on a sitting city council member but what but what it told me though she could she wanted to you know she wanted to put you in jail oh yeah or not really jail but 
cite you at least for something, put something on your record. You know she wanted to, and she couldn't. She couldn't, yeah, because... So I like, I like that he pressed charges, because now this, this terrible woman couldn't, couldn't do the, the bad thing. Yes, yes. I mean, it was also... Because you were not guilty. Not guilty, yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything. Everything I did was in self-defense. I right. wasn't the first person to make any physical contact. I never, I didn't grab him. Right. I didn't push him, you know. Um, I, I feel like you were the victim the whole time. Because as you described you going into that other room, you're going backwards with your hands up. He then puts his hands on you first. Correct. I don't know about this, this hip thrusting or whatever he wants to call it. <laughs> this magical uh, lower torso you have. <laughs> but to me, it's like... You were the victim the whole time. You were you. retreating the entire time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yes, initially you did get into his face first, but whatever. Come on. We're all men. And what, what do we define as getting in his, like, I well, was. You were literally in his face. I mean, but at which are we talking about once we got at past. The very, at the very beginning. At the very beginning. But I wasn't really in his, like, I don't know. Where I'm we, from, where I'm from getting in somebody's face is like, you know, right nose up to here. Nose. You know, yeah, we're like in each other's face. Um, were you 12 inches away? Would you say? I would say I was like, like more. Yeah. Ooh. This. What are we at? Three feet here. That's, that's almost three, three feet? feet. I mean, of course, when you're walking and then there's a change of directions and yeah. all the other kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, where are we going on this? So I want to talk more about Kevin. Okay. Just in general. Okay. I cannot. Okay. So first of all, you, you mentioned racism a few times. This baby, how old was, was this baby that, that he compared to a handbag? I believe... Um, like your son's age? No, 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 older. Okay. Older, older, older. It's so like three years old, something like that? I think when they talked about uh, Mike Bonin's child on the float, he was three years old. Okay. I think by the time they had had that conversation... He was maybe six or seven. Oh wow! I, I can't. I can't. Okay. I can't say specific. So so anyway. So so Bonin is a, a former council person. Yes. Who Bon? I, I don't like him either. He's not punk rock enough for you. No, I don't like Mike Bonin. Is there anybody on the council that you like? I can get down with Eunice's Okay. My city council member. Oh. Because she's an abolitionist. Um, and has voted against funding. Has voted yes. Not just the, not consistently. The, Oh no, she has consistently voted against funding. She she voted against the the bonus billion. She did. Good for her. Yeah. I feel like she she did something that wasn't liked on Twitter. Uh, she has voted for each one of the police commissioners that come in. So oh. Rasha Shields, who works for Jones Day, which is the law firm that represented Trump um, in <laughs> multiple like multiple occasions. Right. Um, big right wing contingent. So maybe that's where she got a little uh, yeah, yeah, heat from. Yeah, yeah, and then and then also uh, Errol Southers, who's an FBI former FBI agent, um, Santa Monica PD, actually funded a PAL program that led to uh, one of their um, volunteers molesting over two hundred children. Oh my God! Yes. So these are the types of people that she voted for their nominations. And then the Jamie York, I think, was the latest thing that she that got. was the she one. got flack for. That was the one. Which rightfully so. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not. I, I'll that still keep one. her accountable, right? But, but at least she is someone that votes with her principles. I don't like some of the ways that she interacts with other council members, right? But anyways, yes. If there was one that I had to get behind, like it would be her, right? Exactly. Okay. 
So Bonin, uh, who many people consider a liberal, which is why I love talking to the people city council, because you you're like, eh, are they really liberals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is good. We need that in life. We need people to push us a little bit and say, just because they have a D next to their name, or just because they vote for homeless stuff occasionally, mm-hmm. really take a look at their record, is, is what you guys are saying, right? Yeah. I mean, he's someone that says that Joe Buscaino is his is a good friend. He did? Yes. Yes. And one of the and he gave this parting speech to Joe on his last day at council and talked about, you know, we we fight like brothers and you know, you're a close friend. This was uh, uh, uh Richie used to call him Joey Buckets, right? Joey Buckets, yeah, 1% Joe. And he was a cop. Yeah, he's still a reserve LAPD officer. Why yeah. why do you think Bonin has warm feelings for him? Uh, they're both Italian. I don't fucking know. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, there's that part. They they're were paisans. Like, they were, <laughs> they were <laughs> desk mates. So maybe that led to and it. And you know what? We all have friends that are problematic. Yeah, but Joe Buscaino is like on another level of problematic. So <laughs> it, anyone that would call Joe Buscaino their friend is not someone that I would fuck with. I hear you. Okay. Bowden called KDL a racist. Sure. Straight up. Yeah. Which politicians don't usually say about their cohorts. Yeah, but I mean, every single person on the city council was essentially saying that. Essentially. Bonin actually said it. Okay. I mean, I give a shit what people actually say. Okay. And so he really said it, which I thought was, okay, he has to go now. Mm -hmm. But there's no structure to get rid of a racist council person is what we've learned from KDL. Yes, there is no... So technically, yes, they have no power to remove him. They removed him from all of his committee assignments. But did that stick? Or is he still off of all the committee assignments? He is off all of all of the different committees. All right. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, it's like a small win, I guess. Well, it's good because you know he's got an ego. Oh yeah. So it's got to hurt. He's got the, probably the biggest ego in the room. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. The way he walks, the way the way he says "thank you very much," like he's Elvis or some shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, why why should people want to um, support people's city council? Because we are at the forefront of um, getting shit done here in LA, I feel like. Yeah. So the reason why you should support us, the reason why you should back us is uh, we do a wide variety of things, including running this community space, Robin's space that we're, we're recording this podcast out of. And um, I feel like we should be supported because the people in power, oftentimes, when they name organizations, we're right at the top of that list uh, as people that they don't fuck with. And so there's a reason why. Right. And so I would say, you know, um, we're, you know, do a lot of political education on Twitter. Uh, We are definitely do a lot of direct action work. And so um, that our enemy City Council and LAPD have deemed us to be one of their their enemies, and so I think that's reason by itself to to support us. To be honest with you, that's the seal of approval. That is a seal. Of, if the yeah. cops hate you, you're probably doing something. Absolutely. Can we talk about Antifa real quick? Because I sure. made a joke at the beginning, 
And I don't think people understand sarcasm all the time. Okay. Because <laughs> I even told my buddy, I was like, don't call me for the rest of the night because I'm interviewing Antifa. Okay. Which I think is funny. Hopefully you think it's funny too. Um, but for people who don't know about the nuance and why that's funny, can you explain it a little bit? Because when I first interviewed Richie mm-hmm. and he had Antifa shirts and all this stuff, he explained it to me really well. But I feel like for as courageous as you guys are, you don't want anything to do with Antifa is what it sounds like. Educate me. Uh, yeah, I'm a black revolutionary. Uh, I feel like a lot of times Antifa is characterized as your, you know, in your mid-20s white um, anarchist, basically. From Portland. From Portland, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and Antifa is, a, is an ideology, okay. right? So there's, there, it's short for anti-fascism for folks that don't know. Which everybody should be able to get behind. <laughs> yes, in Because the, the biggest fascists were Nazis, right? Yeah, Nazis. I mean, Mussolini um, mm-hmm. and the black shirts. Uh, um, but like, it's easy to say, I'm against Nazis. It should be easy, but a lot of people have problems even saying that they're, yeah, against fascism. Were you against what Antifa in Portland did? Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not in the business of condemning, you know, pro- are we talking property damage here or... or? Well, the only thing that I saw, and again, it was a big group of people, so I don't know who's who, but remember when they were surrounding this, like, I guess it was a federal bank or something, and Trump would send in all these uh, border patrol people to, like, protect it, like, all that. There's, there's yeah. the moms, the, the million, the, the, the wall of moms. I forget. It was only two years ago, and I still have forgotten. Yeah, I mean. Was that Antifa? Yeah, what, what? So the right, I guess we the, don't know. the right wing will label anything that's anything counter Antifa. counter government Antifa. That's I feel right. like at this point, anything that's that they're right. against is Antifa. Anything right. that they so don't. that's a reason you don't want to be in that bucket. Yeah, I I don't myself refer to myself as being part of Antifa or part of any type of Antifa type thing. I mean, obviously I'm anti-fascist. My my family fought Italians who came to conquer uh, Ethiopia in the 1890s. Really? And so, yeah, so like, and, and died fighting fascists. So what, what year again? In the 1890s, there was uh, there's two wars with, with the Italians. Mm. So um, I'm not, yeah, like that's in my blood. Uh, I don't need the label of like Antifa. This, this, it's just a, I feel like it was some like a meetup thing by the right wing to label anybody that this counter to them. I wish people could see Jason. His eyes just squinted up like he just <laughs> ate the worst <laughs> piece of rotten fruit. <laughs> yeah. So personally, yeah. I, okay. I refer to myself as I'm an abolitionist. I'm an African. I am right. a revolutionary. Uh, I don't normally or ever say I'm Antifa. Right. None of you guys do. Yeah. And maybe you've explained why. Because that's their thing up in Portland. Or was. Because it, it didn't really kick in. I don't see... Actu- I don't see anybody claiming to be Antifa outside of the Portland people. I think there are people throughout the country that, that would There's still... There's a few? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's an ideology. Like, you know, it's, right. it's like no different than... A capitalism or socialism you know these are ideologies yes and uh but but on the other side of the coin like proud boys i feel like there's proud boys all over the place and they're they're proud to be proud boys yes 
But I feel like extreme or far left um, activists around the country are kind of punk rock in that they don't want to be labeled. They don't want to have a leader. They don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a label is is conforming. Like it, as soon as you're labeled as something, you now have to conform to like what people think of that label. So right. uh, and you gotta wear the uniform. You gotta wear the uniform. You we gotta have, do the thing that everybody else is doing. Antifa is, what is it, just blocked up? You're in all black and stuff? Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, but a lot of people do that. I feel like more people are willing to say, yeah, I'm an abolitionist, I'm an anarchist, yes. I'm a socialist. Um, but yeah, that's th this is kind of like a, a war of language, right? Yes. Like the right wing is saying, you're Antifa, this is woke. Right. Um, and and it's, it's on us to define what we are. Yes. And so I think there's, there's power in that. And by the way, I think that what what you guys have done here in LA is super vital, super important. And by the way, did you see uh, the Proud Boy leader today who got sentenced 22 years? Mm -hmm. His lawyer was saying he was just there to like battle Antifa. Mm -hmm. And even the judge said 22 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So even the judge isn't buying this. Yeah, that this this um, this boogeyman of Antifa the that, that even Trump used to say all the time mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Doesn't exist in the way that they think it exists. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Again, there there are so many different people that embrace the anti-fascist anti ideology. Of course, as we should. As we should. Yes. The Blues Brothers were fighting Illinois Nazis. You didn't watch the Blues Brothers? My favorite movie of all. No, sir. You're going to love it. The Illinois Nazis were after the Blues Brothers ah, in this okay. movie, as well as the cops. Okay. You're going to love the Blues Brothers. I mean, some cohesion there. Everybody hated the Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also the, the likely that those Nazis were also part of the police department. Not in this movie. Okay. They were separate. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe when they reboot it, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll include it. Was it was 1980. It was a different time. Okay. I might have watched it when I was young, young. You need to see it again. Yeah. What? I prefer to watch films and TV shows and other that feature black people specifically. Okay. That are either written by black people, directed by black people, or feature black people. I, uh -huh. I try to allocate outside of 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance, not sure if you watch. I ha I've had to mute that on my Twitter. Oh, shit. Because people are obsessed. I, I am one of those people. You are too? <laughs> yes, yes. I watched 90 Day Fiance UK, 90 Day Fiance <laughs> The Other Way, 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days. That is my, uh, my, my go-to garbage TV. Really? It's very intriguing. Well, explain. Well, oftentimes, so you have uh, uh, people that go the other way. So like instead of them coming to America, they're going to these other people's countries. And to so marry these people. To marry them and live there. Okay. So they'll be in... Because they're so lonely in America? I guess. I don't know. You know? You watch the show? I, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, they, you find love in different places. And a lot of times these people are online. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with this process, but, you know, a lot of people go on those apps and stuff, and sometimes they find someone that's in, you know, Ethiopia or yeah. in France or in uh, the Philippines like, or something. They're like, baby, I'll see you. What's the biggest city in Ethiopia? Addis Ababa, the capital. Addis Abu. Addis Ababa. I, I, I could never have a fiance over there. I can't even name the town. Hey, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, Addis Ababa. Um, and there was one, one of the famous couples uh, is 
from uh, they went to Ethiopia, so it was very cool to see. Oh, the weekend I would say is the most famous Ethiopian. The weekend? Out there. Oh yeah. What? I never knew. Does he does he promote that he's from there? No, you know what was very disappointing was during his Super Bowl he didn't you know reference he could have sang in Amharic he could have had a flag. Yeah, I mean there's also uh, Ethiopia. There's been a um, genocide happening in Tigray. Um, and so it's been definitely, uh, a lot of horrible things have happened in, in Ethiopia. So some people aren't as willing to rep Ethiopia. Oh. Um, they battle with that. Uh, okay. So your advice to people, go to city hall, bring Get your child, back. let KDL in your face. Oh my God. Have people videotape it. Join the people's city council. Give money to the People City Council. Go vegan. Uh, what else? I'm trying to I'm trying to summarize here. Uh, stop eating fried chicken. Those are those are your lessons. You could start today? with pork. I don't know if you like to eat pork. Oh, of course I do. Okay, so start there. Ribs. Maybe maybe get off the pork and then oh. make your way to you know the chickens. Pork and the beef. ribs. Okay. When you smell bacon, though. Okay. That just doesn't like. It doesn't. It never tempts you. The smell of bacon. No, I don't get tempted. I, I, again, I'm a very principled person. So you know, once I set my mind to something, once I set in turkey bacon, I used to like. I, I got off the pork, so I converted to Islam when I was 16 years old. Did you? I've now since converted back to Christianity. What? <laughs> uh, but anyways, I was Muslim, and so the last time I ate pork was in 2002. I've never heard of somebody doing that. Going back. Not not a black person too Muslim too back to the the blue eyed Jesus. No, I don't believe in the blue eyed Jesus. All right, I believe in the black Jesus. Okay, there you go. Let's get it right. I believe that. What, what the did the Bible say about his his uh, hands and feet? They were bronze something, or copper? Yeah, something like that. Right. And his hair was you know curly like lambs. Yeah. yeah, lambs wool. Yeah. And my belief is he was born in a cave in Ethiopia. That's a whole other conversation. Um, okay. But yeah, so I don't believe in the white. And that's one of the reasons why I converted to Islam was I really did struggle with this idea of a white Jesus that was pushed upon me. Yes. Not by my uh, mother and father because they weren't as, they weren't really religious, um, but by my grandparents on my oh. dad's side who were Catholic. So I would go and spend the summers with them in See, Daytona the, Beach. The, where, Daytona Beach, you Daytona say? Daytona Beach, yeah, yeah. And Strike so, two, right there. Catholic Church, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, Beautiful churches, though. Or was this one of those hippie churches? It was... Oh, no, it was not a hippie church. You know, it was a basic church. It wasn't anything to, to report back on. Well, because I, I grew up Catholic, too. Okay. And so sometimes the Catholic church... Long-haired guy with acoustic guitar. Hey, everybody, gather around. You know? Yeah. But sometimes. then sometimes it was like the big-ass cathedral. Yeah. You know, where there was no monkey business with acoustic guitars. Uh-huh. There was the organ. The organ came Big-ass right? organ. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I think mosques generally are more beautiful than churches. Oh, personal opinion. But still, you switched over. I switched over. It was an easy switch. It was kind of like a whole. Um, you know, I was uh, sixteen. I was learning about you know the the, the Iraq War had started. The yeah. second one had started, and so I was learning about American imperialism. Yeah, and really becoming like conscious of what I had been fed. Um, my whole life about the U.S. military and yeah. America and everything. And so I think also understanding I'd read the autobiography of Malcolm X. 
Okay. And so those different things had really led me down this road to Islam. And I was like, okay, this makes more sense. Like going to church every Sunday wasn't something that I was like, you know, I'm like, these people go to church and then they're fucking horrible people the rest of the week. Right. Didn't make sense to me, but like praying five times a day, that was like, okay, this is like more devout. Like that makes sense. And it's more, you do it in a group setting, but you also do it as it's individualized. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ramadan, like the concept of Ramadan really, really grabbed me. Cause I was like, this is amazing. Like, yo, know, to, to not eat or drink from sunset to, to, I mean, from sun up to sundown is like, wow, that, and for 30 days and, and to see my homies who, you know, I used to play varsity basketball and, and, you know, during practice, like, yo, two hour practice, I'm over here gulping water and these motherfuckers are just chilling. Yeah. It just really, really, um, opened my eyes. And so, mm-hmm. uh, were you listening to ice cube at the time? Is that why no, you're wearing that white Sox hat? I wore it. I wore it to be a contrarian. I, I went to uh, I went to Japan three months ago, and I bought it for Japan. I just always wanted a socks hat. Wow. I, I very much. I don't watch baseball anymore. You are such a world traveler. Thank you. Um, and so this is actually one of the most popular, if not the most popular, hat in Japan. Maybe because of Ice Cube. I don't know. But I've always wanted huh. a socks hat, so I, I bought it. And I know you're a Cubs fan. That's why I wore it today. And you know, I appreciate that you, I was in your thoughts. <laughs> In any way, um, what brought you back to Christianity, though? Uh, my mom passing. She was um, Ethiopian Orthodox, and so uh, my mom passing, and just you know, kind of reevaluating my life. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I converted back, but I'm not like a devout Christian by any means. Like, I'm not reading the Bible every day or, or other kind. I of mean, things. I kind of am. And, oh, okay. Um, uh, and by the way, those of you listening at home. Everybody should read the Bible at least once. Sure. Because our, our crazy country is built on it, mm-hmm. kind of. They pretend like they are. And so that, to me, is the best reason to read the Bible, is so when people like Ted Cruz, worse, Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. when he tweets biblical phrases on Sundays and then is anti-immigration, which Jesus was clearly pro-immigration, mm-hmm. um, you're like, oh, he's full of shit. These, these people aren't truly Christians. Yeah. We've read the book. And Jesus would never be a Republican in a million years. Yep. And so I'm not saying don't be a Republican if you don't want to, but don't pretend that the Bible has anything to do with their quote-unquote values. Exactly. Because the Bible is about helping the poor, ignoring money. Yeah. In fact, if you have money, sharing it, mm-hmm. um, helping people— um, just helping, bitch, being cool to people. Yeah, and Rastafarians, a lot of people don't know this, they religiously read the Bible. Do they? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Bob Marley. Um, so if you ever go to his house in Kingston, uh, he had a Bible right by his bed that he wow. would read. His own personal Bible. I love that. Uh, he actually converted to Christianity, I think, on his deathbed. Wow. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. I. Now I do. Now I don't know if do. it'll make the movie. I don't know if you saw the movie that they're making or that they've already made. Who's who's going to play Bob? Is one of his kids? His no, no, he's no. got a ton of kids. Yeah, he has. <laughs> he got around. He definitely got around. Uh, no, they brought in another actor. He kind of looks like him. I don't okay. know. I'm always wary about these movies. Those are my favorite movies, by the way, because I love music so much mm-hmm. that uh, I want to hear every single story there is, even if it's in a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these 
these movies are good. And Bob Marley, I think, has a documentary that was pretty good. I think just called Marley. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Jason, you've taught me so much. Thank you. Um, As of you. People should follow you on Twitter for sure. Yeah. Because you're very Axum, active. Axum Flassie, yes. A-X-U-M-S-E-L-A-I-S-S-E. You got to change that. It's learn it. It's easy. But Just ax, the accent part is very easy. A-X-U-M. This is a blue-eyed America. And we sure. need things to be very basic, bitch. I girls. don't give a fuck about the blue-eyed fucking people, bro. What I'm, I'm saying here, is... I'm here. Black people know how to fucking put that shit in there. That's all, that's all that matters to me. I don't give a fuck about what white people, if it's hard to pronounce. You know, my son's name is Sahai. And it's, it's very interesting to see, you know, white people struggle with that name. I don't want white people... I mean, no offense, I I don't hate all white people. Yeah. But uh but yeah. People City Council just came into the room. <laughs> you flipped. You've been so polite this whole time, and all of a sudden you're like, I don't give a shit about white people. I don't struggle with my name. Struggle hard. Yeah. Cry harder. Yeah. So when you first met Richie, were you like a brother from another mother? No, not necessarily. I definitely, I met him the first time was outside of Garcetti's house, August 2020. Yeah, crazy, right? And we had gotten pushed back. Um, they'd held a, a, a protest, People City Council, alongside some other folks. Yep. And so we had like marched around the block and had, was staging uh, in front of the house and, and down the street. And so that was the first time... We, so police eventually arrested one of the one of uh, the protesters and then had you know pushed us all back. So that was the first time I, I I met him. Only reason I say it is because when the flip switches on both of you guys and you're ready to yell, mm -hmm. it's beautiful because it's Thank so you. pure. You mean it. It's based in idealism, and it's based in humanity. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of times. Um, and I don't know if Richie categorizes himself as a revolutionary. I actually never had that conversation with him. But um, revolutionaries, they, they tend to be equated with violence. Right. And, um, you know, as Asada Shakur says, you know, re revolutionaries love. It's love for our people. It's love for our planet. It's love for, um, you know, humanity. And so uh, that's something that I think gets mistaken. Yeah. At times we express, you know, right, righteous indignation. Right. And um, at times it's it's we're going to yell and we're going to scream and we're going to be in your face and stuff. But yeah. oftentimes we have to understand that we are, uh, we're here to, we're here to, uh, take the system down and build something in its place. Right. Mm. And so, um, another thing that Asada says is, is we are, uh, we have to be weapons of mass, uh, construction, right? We, we need to build. Um, and that's very much part of being a revolutionary is, is building. It's building um, community power. It's building, um, you know, all these different kind of things outside of this system that um, perpetually, you know, tries to kill us and, and harm us. And so, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that here in L.A. Appreciate it. And uh, I, I honestly do uh, love what you guys do. Um, it's, it's hard work. Um, but it seems like you're making a difference. I would say so, yeah. I mean, we're a small contingent, and I think you've interviewed now, am I number four? four? I think you're number four. Number four. Uh, yeah, we're a small group, but we do quite a bit. Um, yeah, we're, we, we bring the ruckus, for sure. Well, thank uh, Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> okay. Did bro. I say it right? <laughs> you said it right, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
How great was Jason? You know who we'd eat vegan fried chicken with? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, every episode I learned so much. Here's a super big gulp of love. So shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grenke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, Chris from the ATX, Gregor, and our newest Patreon, Phil. To be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Want to support us, but if your wife finds out she'll kill you, you can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. You know, somebody did that the other day and it blew my mind. So thank you. Oh, Molly did. Thank you, Molly. If you want, people, you can top Molly by by posting two. Oh, oh, wh- wh- what? Tweet something nice about this. In fact, anytime you see me tweet about an episode, retweet it. And for God's sakes, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here, This episode of Here in L.A. was produced by myself, Tony Pierce. So you may, you may have heard some, some uh, production flaws that uh, you'd never heard before. That's because this was my first one. I, I left, I, I, somehow I deleted the part where Jason actually talked about Highland Park. We talked about soul food. We talked about how um, people city council uh, are really good bowlers. All that thing is, all that's gone because I am a sloppy amateur at all this production. Um, and, uh, and music by some royalty-free YouTube uh, page I found. So that's why the music's a little different. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo. Jen for inspiring this. Jordan, my bro, for all the love and support. God bless you. I love you. And activists everywhere who take time out of their day to do their civic duty. Oh, 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 by the way, Jason, this is breaking news almost. Jason is suing KDL. So all you Christians, all you Muslims, all you people who just pray, pray that Jason wins this civil suit. Um, which I think he just uh, pressed charges on KDL a few days ago. So that's the little update if you've made it this far into the show, which is at the end. Thank you, Patriots.